It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey there, podcast listeners. I have exciting news. We're launching a brand new podcast in addition to Super Soul Conversations. It's called Oprah's Masterclass. The Masterclass podcast allows you to hear the greatest life lessons from some of the most respected and renowned actors, musicians, public figures, and athletes in their own words. Listen as Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake, Ellen DeGeneres, Shaquille O'Neal, Reba McIntyre, Dwayne Johnson, and Jane Fonda, just to name a few, share what they've learned about life and their own insights into their personal stories and challenges. I believe that there's something to be learned from every experience, and everyone can use their life as a class. Oprah's Masterclass podcast is available now on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe now and listen free. Go to applepodcast.com slash Oprah's Masterclass. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Today, I would like to introduce you to a, a fellow spiritual seeker. Was that how you would that, call yourself? I, absolutely. Who has created an instruction guide that is literally called the instruction, Living the Life Your Soul Intended. It's a guide to help you translate your own soul's code. Ainsley McLeod has used his talents as a psychic, a psychic, yes, to explore the soul and its effects on human beliefs and behaviors. And his new book called, again, The Instruction, Living the Life Your Soul Intended, suggests that there are uh, metaphoric doors through which we all must pass in order to decode our soul and ultimately achieve our enlightenment. So a psychic, how do you get to be one? Oh, gee. Well, I, I wasn't, I was, I was psychic from the beginning, you know, from birth, but I just didn't recognize it. I, I in fact, I covered it up for a very long time. When did you first know? What's your first inkling? Well, you know, I, I, I really knew for sure about 10 years ago. And that was really when I started on my path. But looking back, then I could see things that happened when I was younger. Like? I, oh, I saw a ghost when I was 16 mm -hmm. in the public library. and What did uh, it look like? He looked like Humphrey Bogart, but he had his, with a hat down over his face. And his face was just kind of like hidden, like mm -hmm. a little shimmery. And he asked me for a light, and I leaned into my jacket looking for matches, and the next thing he'd gone. And, but I never thought it was a psychic experience. I just thought, darn, that was weird. 
You know, I was just. Was it like in the form of a person or yeah, in yeah, the form yeah. of a mystical figure? No, no, it just looked looked like a real person, but with a very sort of fuzzy face, and it, it was just over so quickly. Mm-hmm. And it was only years later when I started working as a psychic and figuring out how to use my ability that I uh, I, I use spirit guides on the other side that work with me, and they said, "Do you remember that time when you were sixteen in the library and you saw that ghost?" And it seemed pretty insignificant back then. I could barely remember it. But it just was some, one of those, one of many experiences that I found just disturbing, unsettling. Like, Well, my... at, at that time you found it disturbing? Yeah. Well, I'm talking to Ainsley McLeod, uh, author of the instruction, Living the Life Your Soul Intended, who just told me as though he were talking about, mm, I went to the store, I bought some oranges, and the bananas were not quite as ripe, and there was a ghost standing right there, and he asked me for, for a light, and... Uh, <laughs> Ainsley, for goodness sakes, I have to tell you. It if all I seems saw perfectly go- normal now. Now, if I saw a ghost and the ghost offered, you know, needed a light, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to speak for another, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe if I'd known then it was a ghost, I'd have felt differently. Okay. I'm wondering, is it a cultural thing or is it a gender thing? Because I know a lot of women who would have went screaming from the room. I know a lot of people who would have said, "I'm getting, I'm never going to that library again." What? It didn't. It didn't seem frightening, and it, it's not something I'm. Not, I'm not bothered by that. Sort How did of thing. you know it was a ghost? Uh, because I found out through working with spirit guides. That Otherwise, was... I probably wouldn't have even you know, remembered the the event. Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Macy's Mother's Day gift guide has the perfect gift to make mom feel special. Shop by price, like 25 and under to 100 and under. Category, like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted and for grandma. Get top gifts like Dolce & Gabbana Devotion, Eau de Parfum, Coach Floral Printed Leather Cassie Crossbody Bag, and Le Creuset Shallot Dutch Oven. Shop at Macy's.com slash gift finder. Okay, so I'm going to just, for those of you who are listening to us, I'm going to do what you're doing right now. I'm just going to pretend like that was normal, what you just said. (laughs) I saw the ghost. Because we have a lot of ground to cover today. So you saw the ghost at 16. Mm. You weren't sure it was was a ghost at the time. You you didn't call it a ghost. To me, it wasn't a big deal. It was just a a strange thing. An apparition? I thought, thought because he disappeared, I thought maybe I just blanked out for a second. Or imagined it. It it was more than that, certainly. That person had been there. And the reason, in fact, that that, in the library. that, that entity, yeah, the, the reason that entity approached me was that he knew that I would be able to see him. But I never, I never used the word psychic. Nobody ever used it. 
to me. I mean, I never thought. I would know things like sometimes what song was coming on the radio first thing in the morning when, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, when the radio alarm came on. <clears throat> and I, I, would, I would know what somebody was about to say. Um, so one time I picked up a newspaper and I knew the story. I'd seen it before, like a week before. And I can't, my first reaction was, they've reprinted the same story from a week past. Mm-hmm. And and again, when I realized it wasn't, it was just very, very disturbing. It was kind of like like having deja vu experiences, but very much, much stronger. Mm-hmm. And then... Which is the, kind of scary anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, those just, of you who are listening, you've had deja vu experiences. It's always weird when it happens. Yeah. You're like, okay, I, I, this feels like this happened before, but it couldn't have happened before, but... Yet I know it feels like it happened, but it's always kind of, ooh, yeah. what is if that? If you imagine that with total certainty, that you you know you've experienced it before, it's kind of Yeah, like well, I, I would say reading a newspaper article that you'd already read, and mm. then the only way you can explain it to yourself is they they reprint they reprinted the same story. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably about nine or ten when that happened. Or this is Groundhog's Day. Did you yeah. ever see that movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's that kind of experience. Okay, all right. And, uh, and then really, when I got into my adulthood, I just kind of, uh, I covered up the sensitivity which is part of what you do need to to communicate better with the other side covered up the sensitivity yeah it requires a certain degree of sensitivity to be able to pick up on these things and so a lot of people paranormal kind of whether it's ghosts or communicating with spirit guides like i do all these requires a certain kind of sensitivity yeah all right and i was very very uncomfortable when i was growing up with that so I kind of covered that up and started to live a life that was noisy and dramatic and completely shut myself off from from that spiritual side of me. And I, I declared that I was an atheist and I was very cynical and skeptical. Because you didn't want to be this sensitive, I didn't want to be that, that porous, person. vulnerable person. <laughs> no, exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yet, all through that period, I would run into psychics and they would tell me I was psychic. Really? And I heard that over and over again. There's one woman I used to go and see in London. You went to go see her because she was a psychic? Yeah. Okay. And and she would look at look at my palm and she would say to me, you're psychic, you know. And I would say, well, you know, if I was psychic, I, I wouldn't be paying you. I'd be do, doing it myself. Yeah. You, know? you say when you were going to the psychics, why were you going? I, the first time I ever went was... Somebody had told me about this woman, and uh, I, I just went to pretty much prove what a what a crock it was. Mm-hmm. And so I came out absolutely stunned by what happened. But this person knew about my life, knew seemed to know so much about about my life that she couldn't possibly have guessed. And that kind of opened my eyes, but not really enough. And it it was years before I really I had a couple of epiphanies that really opened me up to mm-hmm. the fact that. I really was psychic and that I was supposed to be doing something with it. In fact, I really resisted that for a very long time. So when you're leading this very loud life and creating mm. a lot of drama in your life and I don't even believe in God and yeah. you're doing that because you're trying to avoid what your soul's calling really? Totally. Yes. Yeah. Why would you go against your soul's calling, Ainsley? I didn't even know I had a soul. Okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't know it worked like that. Okay, yeah. And if I'd had the slightest inkling, I would have probably led a very different life. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until I really had the opportunity to have some peace and quiet in my life and, uh, as I say, a, a kind of epiphany, and that it just opened my eyes. 
So I started reading your book, The Instruction, and I was really, you know, I read a lot of this kind of material, spiritual mm. material from various authors. And so I've read a lot of material over the past 20, 25 years. I've never read one that really sort of claimed to be an instruction to living the life that your soul intended. So okay. I was fascinated by this idea of being able to label for yourself your soul's age, your soul's type, uh, how long, you know, how, how long your soul has been around. Like missions, why you're here. Why you're yeah. here. Mm. And I couldn't help but think, you know, very happy to have this as a guide, but I couldn't help but think, you know, who died and left you the expert? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I couldn't help but think, who are you to know this? Right. I mean, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, okay, makes sense, but how, how do I know that, that, that you know? Right. And that's, uh, you know, the question I always used to ask when I'd read a book like that, too. I mean, the skeptic in me, I still have yeah. that. And the, what, what happened okay, when I started... Okay, let's start with who died working. and left you the expert. I thought you would say to me, well, my spirit <laughs> my guides. My spirit guides, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who died and left you the expert? Yeah. yeah. So I started working with spirit guides. I, I ran into my deceased uncle in a bookstore in Hawaii, and that was one of the major epiphanies, and he, he wanted to start working with me. Okay, I'm going to act like that's normal, too. You say, you say that like I say. I, you well, know, I, like I, I to... got into TV. I started working with producers. <laughs> you know, I, I pretend you it's quite normal now. Okay, you ran into your deceased uncle. Yeah. Where? In a, in a bookstore in, in, on the island of Kauai. Uh -huh. And uh, he just, he, he popped up right beside me momentarily. Just, he was there for a second and very, very clear. And there was a message. It wasn't exactly verbal. Was he in, was... like, Casper form? Yeah, a little more solid than that. A little more it solid was, than that. Do they come in different forms? I believe they do. So it was your uncle? Was he dressed? Did he have clothes on? Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. He was kind of, um, as he'd been maybe 20 years before, and just very lifelike, big smile on his face. and Standing there and in the flesh? Not exactly flesh, no. Okay. Just like, and like I say, it was maybe a second. Okay. Maybe not even that. It was very, very fast. How and, do you know you weren't hallucinating? Well, it was <laughs> never hallucinated as far as I know. I don't know what, what maybe, the difference would maybe be. Maybe when you're hallucinating, yeah, you don't was, know you're hallucinating. It was, um, what I did, what I do know is that I was in a kind of altered state, that I, I'd actually had a session with a, with a psychic, and he had mm -hmm. come through with a message about me doing this work, and then I'd gone to the bookstore just after that. And there that. was your dead uncle. And there was my Uncle John. And, okay, I'm uh, going to act like that's normal too. Yeah. Let's move on. What did Uncle right. John say? He introduced me. He wanted to work, uh, work with me and introduce me to guides, spirit guides on the other side. Your Uncle John did? Yeah. He's acting as a spirit guide. But let me just say this. When this happens to you, you walk into a bookstore. You're an adult. Mm -hmm. There's your dead Uncle John, as yeah. you describe it. Wouldn't that be a little frightening? It was just more exhilarating. Oh. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't at all scary. And I haven't, I haven't had any experience like that that I found frightening. Frightening, okay. Only confusing or, in, in the last 10 years, more like exhilarating. Like I okay, so Uncle John says, Ainsley, let's, let's how you been? Work. Yeah. <laughs> Not even that much. He just said, let's get to work. I mean, he just really was, he was insisting that we started work, that I started talking to him. Mm -hmm. And that was really how I began working as a psychic. That I, he helped me to connect and then through more elevated spirit guides. There are different levels. Does everybody guides. have spirit guides? Every single person, even the ones you'd imagine don't, but everybody's got them. Not everyone's aware that you can actually access them or use them. Can everybody life. access them? Everybody can. 
mm-hmm. to, to a greater or lesser degree. Why do you have more or less depending on what your soul's yeah. purpose is? More, more to do with your soul's type. Yeah. It's easier. And also your talents. If you have certain talents that you have, a talent for intuition will help. Will help what? To connect. Okay, I'm talking to Ainsley McLeod, who's author of The Instruction, Living the Life Your Soul Intended, where he goes into specifics about how you, uh, all of you who are listening to me right now, can go through this book and determine your soul's age. So you're saying, you are saying that there are many different soul levels here. Right. Actually, you say there are 10. There's 10 of everything in the in the instructions yeah i know i saw 10 of everything which that's what i question ainsley why is there only 10 it's for convenience what i think if there was any more you could you could presumably break down any element into further sections but it would get more and more confusing well that makes me feel better then because i'm thinking well why are there only 10 levels of everything why not i mean i would think that there with with as many you know, with six billion people on the planet, that there'd be multiple, 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 multiple levels. Well, actually, if you look at anyone on the planet, you can figure out who they are by looking at their soul's age, their soul type, the influences of two un- two other soul types mm-hmm. on them, their missions. Once you start putting that together, you get a very um, clear picture of who that person is. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Some things should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us, without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, so I'm going to just keep this basic because those of you who are listening, you have to get the book to go through it yourself and figure it out for yourself. I actually went through it and I figured out mine. Uh, I think I've pretty much figured out and actually did give me a lot of clarity about it really sort of reaffirmed what I knew Mm -hmm. more solidly. Um, and I understand that you're going to give me a reading today. Is that true? I am. Yeah. So you're going to, you consult it with your spirit guides. Right. Who are going to tell me what soul age I am and what my purpose right. is and all that. But I think I already know. I think you already know too. Yeah. So if you tell me something that I disagree with, it's okay. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. We agreed <laughs> to know, disagree. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So let's just, um, you, you, you 
for the purposes of convenience for the book, have mm -hmm. broken it down into 10 different types. So what's the difference between a soul's, this is in soul, soul, soul levels. Right. By we, the way, I didn't break it down. My spirit guides did. Your spirit guides I did. I am totally disorganized when it comes to that sort of thing. Okay, they, so you, you sort of problems. consult with your spirit guides, right. you say. Yeah. And your spirit guides actually wrote this book or helped you write well, this book. <laughs> I tried to get them to write it, but they, wouldn't, uh, they didn't fall for that one. But you used them to write the book. I certainly used them to, to explain the instruction. Okay. Sure, absolutely. So let's go to, where's the chapter on the soul's ages? A word about soul ages. What does it mean, soul ages? Well, your soul comes into the world looking for experience. It's your soul's purpose, if you like. And your soul's kind of looking for a master's degree, not, a, not an evening class. So to really learn about what it is to be on the physical plane, it has to come back time and time again. Which goes back to that saying of we're, we're, we're human beings having a spiritual experience, mm. right? Absolutely. Not Oh, no, spiritual so, beings so, yeah, having yeah, a human right. experience, yeah. yes, not human beings having yes. a spiritual experience. So we are spiritual beings mm -hmm. or souls right. having a human experience. Because that's an important uh, thing for, for souls to, to have, to learn to, and, and to grow. Okay. Now, according to you, uh, in the instruction, how do the spirit guides communicate with you? I'd like to know, do they, they, does it come through a voice in your head? Is it a feeling? Do they appear? How many do you have? <laughs> okay. Well, um, one at a time. Uh, how do they communicate? They, they've communicated to me in different ways since I started doing this. For a while, I was clairvoyant and seeing seeing things mm -hmm. now they would communicate in in metaphors you know, give me images that suggested something and after a while we pretty much decided that because i was so hopeless at interpreting metaphors we moved on to something else mm -hmm. and for a little while it was like getting a ticker tape you know, somewhere just between my eyes and that then changed into a form that i find it really hard to explain they call it clear audience but it's which would be you know hearing something clear what clear audience clear audience clear audience it's like hearing it but it's it's different it's like getting whole sentences so if you were having a session with me I, I, sometimes i have to stop and break off and actually really talk to my guides and hear what it is they're they're, they're giving me but it's not really audible exactly do they initiate the uh communications or do you uh i do generally at least yeah. now you know that i like you ask us to do at the end of each chapter, do you go into yeah. sort of a meditative state and Good. say, spirit guides, please come and... I do exactly what's in the book there. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So I bring them in, work with them, and then send them away again when I'm done. And I think if you're going to be open to it, uh, I think people who want to open themselves up to this, you have to be open to however they choose to communicate because it's not just, you know, yeah, now we're come, here. They come in different ways, you mm -hmm. know. People will say to me, I, I'm not hearing my spirit guides. and. And they're actually yelling at them, but they're, they're, they're coming in at them in different ways. And a lot of it can be with just giving you clarity, just giving you that sense that you're, you're on the right path or, or you're getting the right answer, mm -hmm. you know, where you just intuitively know something's right. Yeah. But isn't life speaking to us all the time? Aren't, isn't, aren't, aren't our spirit guides working with us, for us, around us? even if we're not asking for them to be called in? 
technically they're really like the emergency rescue team that you can call them in you can kind of use them they're, your soul is certainly communicating with you all the time your soul is the, is the one that knows your life plan and it's kind of urging you it's where you get the sense of something being right or wrong mm -hmm. now does a soul choose its guide or do the guides choose us the guides and your soul and your guides will choose each other soul yeah. and the guides will choose each other are the guides all dead people yeah are they people who knew you in uh, well, at least i'll say almost always sometimes you will be part of you is on the astral plane and will be guiding or helping someone it's like rare but it apparently does happen but generally you can assume that these are there are two levels uh-huh and one one level the astral level these are these are souls like yourself going in and out of life on the physical plane mm -hmm. and when they're over there where is the astral plane according to you well it's the the nearest non-physical world to us and okay they, they are there different planes yes there are and the the spirit guides that i work with most of the time they're on what's called a causal plane which mm -hmm. is one step removed from that one step removed from astral yes okay and these are souls who are not going to come back they're not in between lives they've completed all their lives and they're on that level simply to act as guides for us so do you uh, the information that you say you receive from your spirit guides um, that caused you to write this book, The Instruction, Living the Life Your Soul Intended, believe that there are, there are continuous reincarnations of the soul? Yeah. Is that your belief? Well, re reincarnation is, is an essential part of this. That mm -hmm. It's, um, it's be because you can come back time and time again that your soul grows. And that's really what explains such huge differences between human beings. And yes. Why, why two people can see the world so very differently. Mm -hmm. It's really down to the age of their soul and the, and the experience that, that, that their souls have had. Yeah, you say that in the beginning of the book. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's the different levels and ages of the soul. And so if your soul has been here many times, does that mean you're necessarily smarter than other people or not? No, it has nothing to do with intelligence. It doesn't. What it, does it have something to do with? It has to do with a greater awareness that we're all connected. Mm. That's the biggest sign of an older soul. An awareness that there's really not much or not any difference between you know, people of different beliefs or skin color or whatever. Uh-huh. And so let's start with a level one soul. What would be some of the characteristics of a level one soul? Well, level one souls are just, they're kind of new to the world. They're just getting used to being here. So there's, there's still, there's a little bit of anxiety and fear about mm -hmm. the place. It's like walking into a party where everybody knows everyone else mm -hmm. and they've all got there before you. So you kind of, you're feeling not quite certain how to behave. And then as the soul ages and it gets into this, into two and three, it's the, certain lessons become appropriate for souls of that experience. Okay, so you say the level one soul, um, in their first uh, few lives, level one souls deliberately avoid having to deal with the modern world. They feel apprehensive about being on a planet where everyone seems to know the rules but them. They usually choose to live in small communities where they can avoid complexity. In simple cultures, these novice souls learn to take their first steps, often through learning trades or skills that will support them. Level one soul needs simplicity, is what you say. Absolutely. Is easily overwhelmed by technology and complexity. 
You wouldn't take a three-year-old from a remote farm in Idaho, place it on the corner of 14th and 3rd in downtown Manhattan, and expect it to know how to safely cross the street, is what you say. Nor can you transport a level one soul from the simplicity of an isolated village and expect that soul to fit into the rough and tumble of corporate life on Wall Street. Level one souls create rules and rituals that give them a sense of security. It's all a part of learn learning what it is to be human. Okay? Yep. Good? That's Absolutely. Well, good, because you wrote it. <laughs> I think we're all agreed on that then. <laughs> um, so just because you're on a level one, how many lifetimes does it take a soul to climb to the next level? It could be five or ten, some, you know, somewhere. You could be at level numbers. one for a long time. Yeah, a few lifetimes, yeah. And the reason you remain at level one is because you didn't learn what you're supposed to learn? No, 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 it's not about being stuck. I mean, it just it, there are just lessons that are appropriate for souls at different stages. Okay. And level two? Again, the same thing. Are less of afraid of the world than they were in their yeah. first few lifetimes. Still, they prefer not to take any chances. They protect themselves with things like AK-47s, draconian laws, and vengeful gods. Right. They see the world in terms of black and white, them and us, and good and evil. Their fundamentalism and obedience to authority helps them avoid facing what might be uncomfortable questions. Being relatively new to the world makes these inexperienced souls easily taken advantage of. In the past, carpetbaggers would prey on them. These days, they end up being suckered by politicians who ship their jobs overseas while promising to keep them safe from terrorism, immigrants, gays, and other distractions, and scapegoats. That's what you That's write correct. in the instruction. Yeah. By deliberately disconnecting themselves from the mainstream, level two souls can get used to being on the physical plane without fear of running into the kind of opposing views that might threaten their rigid beliefs. So yeah. level twos and level ones are pretty rigid yeah. in their thinking. Uh, um, in that level one, two, three, there's a lot of rigidity. And then it starts to become a little more, more flexible. And, you know, I talk about seeing things in black and white. And older souls tend to see things in shades of gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aware of the complexity of life just through experience. That's why I was so shocked that Mother Teresa was a level... A level three, I believe. Level three. Yeah. Okay. Mother Teresa, who we think of as Mother Teresa, altruistic, yeah. sacrificing herself, giving up everything for everybody else. We would think, I would think of that had I not read this book right. as being what a level 10 would be. Right. Why did you, why did you well, think... Well, she was doing it for... for, for certain reasons. I Why mean, do you she say she's level of, three, though? She, I'm going to go over where level three is. Level three. Belonging. Well, it was a very, if you think of the very strong religious aspect to, to her, um, that's part of it. You know, and I made that point, as, uh, as I think I mentioned before, that it, to show that younger souls, it's not, there's not a good and bad between old and young souls. It's like you can you can change the world and do wonderful things. You say level three souls tend to act emotionally rather than rationally. They'll buy a truck because they believe it's the heartbeat of America. It doesn't matter that it's actually made in Canada or Mexico. These souls want to belong, which is their advantage, whether it's as part of the family or the nation. They create strong families, which they glue together with firm religious beliefs and strict moral codes. Right. Yeah. Their real need is to fit into their community. And as they do this, they often slip into the risk, which is conformity. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Conformity. It helps to understand why, you know, why people act in certain ways and why even whole parts of the, the world or different countries are, are the way they are. It's because the, certain, certain soul ages will, will congregate together. You know, 
For comfort and for the lessons right. they're going to learn. Guys who like to carry AK-47s want to be around other guys. Who That's carry there you go. AK-47s. Yeah. Can you change your soul's uh, level while you're here? Suppose you're this, you know, rigid, restricted, uh, conformist who has an awakening. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, you're making progress all the time, mm -hmm. but the actual shift from one level to another happens once you get to the astral plane. Oh, really? It's like you have to review and completely take in what's happened to you in that life. And then it's like, ka-ching, up you go. So you don't get to level. really graduate until you... You got Yeah, you graduate once you leave this plane. So where's, where's but there's growth all the way up. Growth know, all the way up. Throughout your life, yeah. And how you know this? <laughs> My spirit guides tell me. Spirit guides. Okay. Yeah. So um, in the book, the instruction, living the life your soul intended, as I have been saying, everybody has the opportunity to go through and figure out what soul level you are, what soul type you are. What missions your soul's on. Mm -hmm. You can look at challenges, issues from this life. Okay. Past life fears. Okay. You checked in with your spirit guides. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so your soul age. Soul age. You're a level nine. Level nine. Okay. You got that? That's exactly what I got. Okay, good. Okay. You're actually, the interesting thing is that you're on your very last life as a level nine soul. You're, Am you're, I? You're graduating after I this one. I always thought I was. <laughs> there you go. I always this thought I was. Yeah, yeah. I always thought I was. I mean, well, the if, reason you if know you would interview my stuff. friends right now, they would tell you that I always said, you know, I'm here to get my wings. Yeah. Yeah. This is the last one at level nine. You're, you're, you're on to level 10 and it's like a complete shift. And this is like a... Uh, a, an extraordinary swan song, if you like, for level oh, nine. Man. You know, you're doing all this amazing stuff okay. in your life. Level nine. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Level, level, well, let me get to what tell everybody what level nine is here. Then I'm going to read from what level nine is. Spirituality, helping others. That's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Shall I read to you what the level nine soul is? <laughs> you, you, please. Uh, level nine soul's advantage of being here on this plane is uh, self-improvement. And their risk is uh, being preoccupied, uh, preoccupation. Level nine is a time to work on personal issues, confronting phobias, overcoming addictions. Hello, my thighs. And <laughs> correcting flaws. What am I doing every day? Whether they know it or not, these senior citizen souls. It's the only time I didn't mind being called a senior citizen. <laughs> I don't even like being called middle-aged, but I'll take it in the soul level. Senior citizen souls are all working on issues from past lives. With so much grief and heartache behind them, I like the word behind, mm. many will spend a lifetime in therapy or finding ways to understand their emotional side. The Oprah Winfrey Show. Hello. There you go. Okay. All the illusion uh, loses its grip. Spirituality gains immense importance now that they're nearing level 10 and with it, their last few lifetimes on the physical plane, level nine souls develop a greater than ever consciousness that we're all connected to each other. Yes, don't I know that? They seek out faiths in which they feel comfortable rather than the church they grew up in. Hello. Buddhism and contemplative practices, meditation, allow them to connect to the universe in a profound way. And then there's spiritual exploration and all that other stuff. Okay, right. I agree with that. Sounds like you. That's me. Okay, that's me. And then what did you think was my soul? Uh, Your soul type? My soul type. Your soul type. You are a spiritualist type. Spiritualist. Mm -hmm. I, did not, I did not get that, okay. but go ahead. And you have the primary influence of a performer. Really? I didn't yep. get that either. Ah, and the secondary influence of a thinker. Who told you this? Your spirit guide? Yes. Okay. <laughs> they said what? I was level nine, I agree with. Okay. 
spiritualist. Now, what a spiritualist type is about helping others. That's a yeah. very, very big part of it. Okay. Uh, a belief that there's a world beyond this. Okay. And that's, that's a big marker, if you like. Okay. I did not get that. What else? Okay. The performer influence is what helps to push you out into the world. Uh-huh. Now, a spiritualist wants to inspire others and help others to become complete. And the performer will help you to do that in a, in a more demonstrative way. It'll also give you a, a comfort with the spotlight. Well, you I'm going to look at that again. You'll actually enjoy the, the attention. I did not think that. Mm -hmm. You know what I thought? If I might disagree with, I'm talking with a self-professed reluctant psychic, <laughs> there you go, yeah. Ainsley McLeod, uh, about his book, The Instruction. He, and he's telling me what his spirit guides say was my calling here, mm -hmm. really, and purpose. I agree that I'm level nine. What I thought I was, though, was educator, you educator, a, you leader. Okay. Educator, leader, with leader being the second one and educator being the first. Right. I did not think spiritualist have, uh, performer. You have a talent for, for education. Yes. And that's where the, the, the desire to impart knowledge comes from. Not a lot of spiritualists. But you would, it would make sense that I would be spiritualist because the focus is improvement. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the traits are compassion and spirituality. That would yeah. make sense. And also performer, the focus is communication. So mm -hmm. you, you would, yeah, I can understand why the spirit yeah. guide. I will not argue with the spirit guides about that. <laughs> right. That's but actually I my job. But I thought I was... No, I'm not a leader. Never mind. You wouldn't have the same s spiritual interest if you were a leader. You'd be much more, you know, feet firmly planted on the ground. You tend to have more, um, a, a bigger barrier to really connecting with the other side. Because one of your talents, uh, well, you have two really important talents, as well as, I mean, I know we're going forward a little bit. Oh, here. Go ahead. But as well as having a talent for education, yeah. you have a talent for intuition, which makes yes. you psychic. And you have a talent for empathy. Yes. Which gives you the ability to pick up on nonverbal emotional signals. Uh, that is true. I'm still stuck on I'm not an educator. <laughs> I'm not, so I'm not no, an No, I tell you the difference. I'm not You're, an educator <clears throat> leader? No, if you were an educator leader, you would look so different. Because one of the things about educators is that they tend not to have the same forward momentum. With, really? With you, because you've got thinker influence, secondary thinker influence. You have the desire to move forward, to continually learn and, and advance. And educators don't educators have that? Educators can be happier just teaching the same syllabus every year, that kind of thing. Where they're, really? Yeah, they're, whereas you would never have that. No, Everything about you is, is about forward movement and growth and learning. Correct. So you're learning and you're imparting knowledge as you go along, and that's coming from the talent. Okay, so tell me again. I am level nine. Level nine spiritualist, and they go hand in hand. As far as, you know, at least I see... Yeah. Level nine spiritualists all the time because the two are very similar. Okay, level, level, level nine, nine spiritualist. Spiritual too. So with, with the perf secondary performer, primary performer influence. Yeah. Which gives you uh, that would make sense. The communication skills. And you also mm -hmm. have a talent for communication. And a little bit. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and you have a thinker influence, which gives you that rational part of you, the skeptical part, and it also gives you a love of reading. I would imagine you read a lot of books. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah, kind of do. And so how is how can I be so off about myself then? Well, uh, did you do the exercise with your spirit guides? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. 
I didn't do that part because oh. I just <laughs> went, okay, I'm, re you know what? I didn't do that part. I didn't ask my spirit guides it's, to help me. What I did see? was I said, I'm going to figure this out myself. I'm going to figure out this out myself. I can read. The thinker in you says, yeah, I, I don't need my guides for this. Yeah. But it's kind of different if you actually get, you know, because you are open to their influence. Mm -hmm. You're highly intuitive. You've got the psychic thing going and you've got the empathy, which really enhances that. And also most people I see who are psychic, who are highly intuitive, are spiritualist types with uh, an influence like a performer or creator, something that will help to a combination that's very kind of otherworldly, if you like. Now, how does this, I mean, well, first of all, I thought I was an educator and I'm now I'm not. Uh, but how does this knowing uh, how, what your soul's age is, um, what your purpose and calling is supposed to be, what, what your type is, what your mission is, uh, how does that help you in, 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 in your life? Well, the most important thing is that it gives you self-acceptance. It helps yes. you to really understand who you are. Because you brought this into the world. This is all by choice. Your soul chose to, to be this person mm -hmm. with the, the missions that, that you're on. You're so, I mean, there's nothing you can do about your soul age. You just are that age. But you chose your soul type and your influences. And you chose so much else about who you are. You also chose the talents to be available to you. By All, all talents come from past lives. Because you, you had an ability in a past life, mm -hmm. you can access it in this. It's like reaching in and pulling yeah. it out. So communication would be a talent yeah. or a gift? It's a it's a talent. Okay. So you've had some communication abilities in the past. Are most soul, uh, if you're on a, you said this either in this show or the last show, that, yeah, we said this in this show, that soul ages attract the same soul ages. So yeah. you most likely are not going to be, if you are a, a level nine soul age, you can't live very well with a soul with a somebody who's uh, level one what i find you know I, I'll, I'll meet somebody who's level nine or ten and they've got a level four or five spouse and what i find is that they you know they can get on fine but there's there tends not to be the same opportunity for intimacy if you like uh-huh uh-huh well let me just look at level 10 where i would be going in the next lifetime then i guess i got to come back and do 10 you have to do Ten. Well, you have you have to complete the experience. You can't skip. You know, I skipped the second <laughs> grade. Maybe I could skip level ten because actually I was looking at level ten and it felt a little boring to me at times. You know, so some things well, about level ten feel a little boring. At level ten, the soul this, is ready for retirement. I went, huh? Conventional ideas of success become meaningless. Materialism becomes less important than ever. That means you got to give up your shoes. Okay. No, no. I actually. <laughs> I yeah. You mean I got to give up all my shoes? Maybe the shoes won't seem quite so important. No, I, I know. I'm, I'm only making a joke, people. <laughs> yeah. I do that. But I love this line. Who cares about making money if you've got to be part of the rat race to do it? That's yeah. where the level 10s are. Yeah. There's a slightly lower level of self-absorption absor now that the intense healing work of level 9 is behind them. Most live quiet lives doing work they love in the hope it will contribute to society. Well, I knew I, I wasn't a level 10 because I do not live a quiet life. You certainly don't. Yeah. Uh, they can be highly talented but lacking in drive or ambition. Yeah. I knew I didn't fit into that category. <laughs> Those around them may feel that they never quite reach their potential. The risk at this level is passivity. These easygoing, knew that couldn't be me, right. easygoing souls have many lifetimes of achievement behind them and often develop a sense of having been there and done it all before. Mm. Yeah. See, yeah. that seems a little boring to me, level 10. But I'm willing to come back. Well, it's kind of like... Uh... 
you're you're kind of re reviewing things and you you yeah. may be working on some comic issues with people yeah. around you. Yeah. Willing to come back and uh live that nice yeah. nice life. So after level 10 what happens? Well, then you head out of here for the last time. Oh, wow. You don't have to come back. I'm now going into the types because you get to not only figure out what level you are, but you also get to figure out what type. And I'm yeah. looking at the spiritualist type, which I'm going to review after this show. <laughs> the spiritualist type are some of the most compassionate people you could meet. They tend to have an air of otherworldliness about them. I don't think I have that. Like creator types, they find themselves with one foot in this world and one in the soul world. Do feel that sometimes. Okay. As younger souls are drawn to the priesthood, that wouldn't be me. Once they get to be old souls, they become less religious and more spiritual. Right. Yeah. Okay. So after level 10, where do I go? You would then head off to the astral plane and not return. Is that where the angels are? Uh, that's where spirit guides are. You don't call them angels? Well, they don't use the term. They just ask me to use the term spirit guide. So that's what I use. And then do you become somebody's spirit guide? Yeah. You'll mm -hmm. actually work as a spirit guide mm -hmm. and then move on to other levels where you still work as guides. Um, are spirit guides sometimes called angels? Do they know yeah. that they're called angels? Oh, it's just a, whatever word you want to use. Okay. But they don't call themselves angels. It's just they chose, chose that term. Yeah. With you? Yeah. Okay. When you then move up to angel status, do you get to choose who you want to be an angel to? I presume the choice is made between that spirit guide and that person's soul. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you'll get, like I did, a relative on the other side. And a lot of my clients have relatives who are you know, mother or grandmother or grandfather who are looking after them, mm -hmm. keeping an eye out. And Do some people have more than others? Yeah, it's flexible. You How can, many do you have? Do you know them? I, you know, I've never actually checked. And I have ones that I can bring in if I do, you know, if I got a tricky session that's about something I don't know about, I can bring, I can bring in spirit guides who have expert knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty flexible over there. They okay. In fact, I let them sort over it there. out. Over there. Or the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I let them sort out what I need. Over there. But is over there also right here? Yeah. You know, it's it's here and there. It's very hard to, to describe. Does this seem all weird to you? I mean, don't, you know how crazy this sounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Just so you know, we, we're sounding crazy to people right now. You know, I said to a group of people last <laughs> night. You sounding know, real nuts. <laughs> okay. I, I, I said to these people, you know, mm -hmm. who here thinks talking to invisible entities on other planes is, is really bizarre? And nobody put their hand up. I said, oh, just me then. Really? Yeah. Because people I mean, I'm still kind you? of, you know, I'm new to this. I mean, I've, I've you know, I, I really got into this about 10 years ago. And I came from a place of a total skeptic. And yeah, you didn't even believe in God, and now no, you believe nothing. in spirit guides. You know, a, a total 180-degree flip. Do you yeah. now believe in God? I believe in, in a higher consciousness. I mean, I, I, throughout the book, I don't use the term God just because it's very loaded and it has so many spe loaded. specific meanings yeah, for right. so many people. And my spirit guides don't use that, but certainly they talk about higher levels of consciousness, sure. Uh, are you living the life now your soul intended? Yeah, yeah, totally. This is what my soul was, was urging me to do, what my spirit guides were getting me to do. What soul age are you? Uh, level 10. Of course but of course, are. I can say whatever I like, can't yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> I say, of course you are. <laughs> of course you're level 10. Uh, and, uh, and what type? Well, I used, to not, not, I used to not tell people because I didn't want to, you know, because of course it sounds like I could, you know, tell them anything. But I'm a creator type. Uh-huh. 
I have a primary thinker influence and a mm -hmm. secondary um, spiritualist influence. Okay. And it's where, uh, where you get the creator and spiritualist. And what makes you a 10? What characteristics do you think are... Uh... Well, the... Uh, the lack of drive has been part of it. Lack you know, I of can, drive? Yeah, I can keep them keep it up for a while. You know, get enthusiastic, uh, then you know, get that feeling of being there, and done it all, and yeah, you know, then that wears off. So, and it's fortunate I'm doing something that I am really passionate about because uh -huh. that does help me to, mm -hmm. you know, get up in the mornings and actually have so the energy. So, the life your soul intended was what? The life my soul intended was not just what I'm doing now, but it was actually what I was doing before. I used to be an illustrator, and that was part of the experience, although I held on to it for a little too long. And then now I'm here. We didn't talk about missions. Mm -hmm. I was going to talk about your mission. Yes, your, please do talk mission. about missions. My, and we actually share a mission, and that is a mission of change. Mm -hmm. Did you spot that one? Yes, you, yeah. I did get that, yes. Yeah, and you're here to change the world. You're, you're here to make it a, a better place. And that's something about a level nine spiritualist, that you want the world to be a better place. You see the flaws, you see what's wrong, and you want, you want to go out and do something about it. Okay, yeah. so once you know what your soul's um, mission is, or you can more clearly define it from the instruction, it's there to help you become more on course? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. if you understand, you know, if you have questions about, you know, am I on the right path? Is this the right job for me? Is this the right person for me? The more you understand about who you are and why you're here and where you're going, mm -hmm. then, you know, the, the, the easier it becomes. Do you get off track? Do, do you personally, do personally get off track? Yeah, from what your, the life your soul intended. Not so much now. Mm -hmm. I mean, my life was totally off track when I was younger. When I was mm -hmm. in my 20s and 30s, I was like a pinball bouncing from one disaster to the next. And I was just, um, everything was off, off mm -hmm. track. Mm-hmm. And it was actually through doing this work and understanding why I was making the mistakes and who I, you know, where I was going wrong. You know, so I've actually walked the talk. I mean, I've really used this stuff to, to enhance my life. And so, you know, right now I'm, I'm pretty much on track. You know, we all have destinies. We all have things we, we have to achieve. Um, I talk about setting, setting goals and figuring out where you're going in the book. And, uh, you know, once you've got a clear idea of where you're going ahead, then you, you can figure out which steps okay what if you're not living the life um your soul intended is that why your soul has to keep coming back because you're not doing what the soul intended well you probably get through it all a lot faster if you if you in every lifetime you were clear about just where you're going they you know the biggest secret to all this is really um having some tranquility in your life so you can actually hear the direction you know we talked a lot about spirit guides but really listening to your soul Listen to your soul's direction. Mm -hmm. You need to have some, some peace and quiet in your life. And, you know, we, have, we live lives that are, you know, noisy as heck. You know, do, you, do you believe or your spirit guides believe that our lives are preordained? There's a rough outline. We have a life plan. And these elements that we talk about um, in the instruction, the stuff that we've, we've been talking about, these are all parts, parts of your life plan. So you have like a, 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 a rough blueprint but within that, there's a lot of flexibility. Meaning you have a lot of choice. Meaning you have free will. Yeah, you have free will. But if you're exercising free will and you're also listening to your soul's guidance, then you're going to be following the course that you're but meant to be But did you on. say something? Something you just said is very disturbing. Um, that when, if you're listening, you get through it a lot sooner. So if you're paying attention to what your soul wants. That's theoretically. But since most people are not fully doing that. It, 
you still have to pick up the experiences. But I'm just saying, so, so say those of us who are paying attention, you're trying to pay attention to what your soul wants. That means you're through with, the, through with life sooner than those who don't. If you're more hard-headed, you get to stay longer? No, theoretically you would. But it's still all about experience. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it probably helps to get the... It'll speed things up maybe a little if you're... Paying attention. If you're paying attention, if you really know where you're going. But it takes a long time and a lot of experience to be able to really do that. I'm ex experienced in the sense of being here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. time and time again. It becomes easier for older souls, but especially at level nine. Uh, what do your spirit guides say about this whole human experience? Because, why? I mean, I'm thinking, why not just hang out on the astral plane or the causal plane? Why even come here at all? Because there's no growth. It's There's no... It, it's like, um, like say you wanted to learn everything there is to know about ceramics and you read every book and you watched every mm -hmm. video and you watched master potters at work. It would still be no substitute for actually throwing a pot, you know, rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty. Mm -hmm. And that's why your soul has to come here to do it. It can only observe from other planes. So it's actually got to come here and, and find out what it's like to be human and be in the physical plane. And that's how that's how it grows, and that's its ambition, if you like. Do your souls, uh, do you, do your spirit guides say that there are other souls, other places, other planets, other levels? They do. They do. Yeah. So we're, we're you know we're not alone in the universe. Okay. So you want to talk about your missions? Yeah, missions. Okay. Well, your first mission is uh, change. Well, it's actually your, it's your second one. You have a mission of connection, mm -hmm. which is a very broad mission. Mm -hmm. And we kind of put that aside and then look for another primary mission, which is the change. But connection means that you're, you're not meant to be alone. You're, it's your soul's desire for intimacy with other souls. Then the, the change, as we talked about, this is the real desire to make the world a better place. Right. And in the work that I do, I, I've really only come across one or two people with a mission of change like that. It's, it's, it seems to be pretty unusual. Really? And so well, everybody you, says they want to change the world. Not to this extent. Really? And really not to the extent where that, that becomes your major purpose. You know, I see it in, in doctors. I was reading about Dr. Paul Farmer who um, traveled the world, went to, went to Haiti and places like that to work with, with people with TB. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, well, there was somebody who wanted to change the world. It became a total, total focus. And again, a level nine spiritualist nine. as far okay. as I can see. You have, um, okay, you have a secondary mission of examination. Mm -hmm. And the examination is about really figuring out the world. I mean, about learning about yourself. It's something that you can do from an armchair. You don't, you can watch a TV program. You read a book. In fact, you know, you said you read a lot. That's very common. Uh, some people have a need to go and experience things for themselves. Mm -hmm. Everything they do, you know, if they get interested in mountain climbing, they have to climb the mountain. Mm -hmm. You you might be satisfied just with watching a movie about it or reading a book. Clearly. <clears throat> I actually went to the Grand Canyon on a hike with my friend Gail once and said, gee, I could I, I could have looked at a book about it and they had the same experience. <laughs> yeah. I really could. And at the end of the day, I thought, long hike, dusty. I don't know why I needed to do this because I literally could open a book and, and, and be there, feel yeah. it, and experience it. And feel just as satisfied. Right. And it's a yeah. good thing to recognize that because people around you will be pushing you and saying, oh, you know, you really got to go there yeah, and do yeah. this. And, and Yeah, I don't feel know, the need. No, no. Yeah. Let's that, see, what else have we got? We, we, you have challenges. 
Yeah. And these are from this lifetime. Yes. The primary one is insecurity. I have insecurity. And just an, it, you got it just like two out of ten, just a little bit of a, an element. Really? It's just still there. Okay. Yeah. And it's not surprising um, from the little I know about you. I'm the only person in, in America who doesn't watch TV, so I've not actually seen your TV show, I'm afraid to say. That's okay. But there's things that I picked up, um, you know, about your ch- very difficult childhood yeah. and, and things that you had. And having the emotional rug pulled out from underneath you can create uh-huh. this insecurity in, in adulthood. Okay. You also have a challenge of restlessness. Absolutely. The difficulty just being in the moment. You know, you're kind of looking around the next corner. What mm-hmm. do I do next? Mm-hmm. And that I see in people who are above average intelligence. And I'm not saying that to flatter you. But often when, you've, when you're younger and you have to sit they sit in a class and the teacher's yeah. droning on at, at the pace of the slower kids. Yeah. You develop this boredom and that comes out as restlessness yeah. in later life. True. Uh, you have um, desires, which are experiences that your soul and your conscious mind want to, want to experience mm-hmm. for your growth. And your soul will try to keep you, just keep it balanced. You want to learn about status. You've got the opportunity to have great status so your soul and your conscious mind are going, yeah, let's, let's go for it. Your soul's saying, I can't experience this on the other side, on, you know, on the astral plane. Mm-hmm. I've got to be here to do it. It's part of the physical experience. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's really about, um, it's about achieving respect, but it's also about giving respect. A lot of these things are, they have a, they're a two-way street. Reciprocal, yeah. You know? And you have a desire for immortality. And what that means, it, it gives you the desire to do something in your life that will go beyond this, that will, will, you know, will, will, you, so you'll still be changing the world when uh-huh. you're no longer here. But you want to make a mark, you know, and yeah. have, you know, have, have things carry on when you're gone. Does that make sense? For sure. Yeah, okay, all right. For sure. You've got some um, past life fears? I do. You do? What are they? All right. <laughs> do you want to know? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. You have an issue from a past life. You've had a couple of past lives, not recently, uh-huh. but kind of way back, where you didn't complete your life or life plan. Uh-huh. And what happens, like if you if you die when you're six or you're ten and you were gonna do great things, or even if not, even yeah. if you're just gonna do pretty mediocre things, your soul can have a sense of fear that you're not gonna complete this lifetime. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that will absolutely. actually, when you have the restlessness, that will impact that as well. Yeah. It's like and that's from a past life? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's like it gives you a sense of urgency about making sure you do it all. Yeah. Uh, you have a fear of, there's not a very big one, but a fear of loss. Just a, Fear of loss comes when you've had a past life where you've lost everything. Uh-huh. Maybe your home, your family, slaughtered uh-huh. in a war, whatever it is. And it will give you a little underlying fear that this might not last. Uh-huh. You know, that it could all go like like that. Can you relate to that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's like I say, it's not a, not a huge, strong one. Uh, we talked a little about your your two most important talents, which yes. are intuition. Yeah, I'm back to the six-year-old died in another lifetime. Because yeah. I do have that since I had said this. Uh, you obviously didn't see me on Larry King. No. Well... You hadn't seen the Oprah show. I didn't expect you to see so sorry. King either. It's okay. I'm going to excuse you for that. Because, um, listen, not everybody has to watch the Oprah show. But I, 
I was on Larry King, and I said, he was asking us about, this is when we were premiering Oprah and Friends, and I said, uh, he was saying, do you have any fears? Do you have any fears? And uh, I said, yeah, my greatest fear is not fulfilling the potential of this lifetime. Yeah. Greatest fear is not taking what I know I've been given and being able to maximize that to the greatest uh, greatest potential, to the greatest sure. possibility, you know? Yeah. Because I don't see um, the, you know, everybody else looks at the show as, you know, this wonderful vehicle and absolute, you know, opportunity. They see the glamour side of it. Right, yeah. I see it as a platform for change. Yeah. I see it. And, and do you know, I just, I, I just uh, made an announcement. I'm going to own my own network. Yeah. And the network is really about creating change in people's lives. And so to be able to take, to, go, to move from the show to be an instrument for change and open people's minds, to now be able to do that 24-7 on a television network is being able to take that platform and doing, doing with it what I think was what that platform was created for in the first right. place. For years, I have known that the Oprah show, as popular as it has been, uh, the number one show in the United yeah. States, Ainsley, haven't seen it. I hear it's show. great. It's really, really good. good things. Okay. But I have always known that it wasn't about popularity, mm. that the reason for it wasn't to make me a television star, that the reason for it was to use it as a foundation for creating something that was greater, bigger, would last beyond my lifetime. And if you look at your your soul type, yeah. the spiritualist, that desire to, yeah. to you know, the, to help others, yeah. to inspire, and you look at the, the, the missions that we talk, mission of change, yeah. you, know, you want to change the world, make it a better place. This is, you know, you're, you're, you're on the path. Right. There was an observation that my spirit guides gave me about, about you. Yeah. And it said that you are, you are the kind of walking embodiment of old soul values. Uh-huh. What which, does that mean? What it means is that you, you actually just through, through your being, just who you are, you're expressing a lot of, of what are old soul values, that you, you value such things as truth. And that's mm -hmm. something that came up. Truth is, they talk about walking the path of truth. Yeah, means everything And to this me. is huge to you, yeah. And that people, are, people will aspire to be like you. You're motivating people to be, you know, it's like being a real great role model. Mm -hmm. So you can take people of, of any soul age. I mean, you can take anybody. And you're really showing them the, the importance of truth because it's such a, a hugely important thing to you. Mm -hmm. They also talked about walking the path of freedom. Mm -hmm. Like freedom is such a big thing. You know, you have the awareness. Uh, I read about what you were doing in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you're actually, by, by helping to give people opportunities like that, you're giving them freedom. You know, people don't have a whole lot of freedom when they're, when they're dirt poor. Yeah, correct. You know, it's one of the things that goes. And it's also something you want to experience in yourself. You want maximum freedom for yourself, and you're aware, you're aware of the importance of that. And what, you, you know, what else did they say, Ainsley? Oh, the other thing that I thought was a very nice little quote. And, and how many of the soul spirit guides <laughs> were talking to you? <laughs> did they, they all come out to have this discussion? Yeah, they were just, we were just sitting around this okay, morning, good. you know, just having a, a coffee and a chat. And they said that where you're, where you're going, not everyone will follow. And I didn't understand it to begin with. And what they said is that as you really start to express 
more of these older soul values, mm -hmm. you are going to lose some people. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be ready for some of the stuff that you're getting out there. And there, it's an encouragement to really follow your heart in these matters. Oh, is an, that what they said? Yeah. I wish they were going to say, everybody's going to be so excited. They are. I mean, to say that as well, I'm sure. that <laughs> It has nothing to do with how excited people are. But the, the point they're making is that you can get criticism as you start expressing more and more of the old soul. And somebody like, like you, a level nine spiritualist, and with the experience your soul's had, you know the folly of war, for example. Mm -hmm. I mean, intuitively, it's just in there that, you know, that war is obscene. It's like, you know, right. unnecessary. You start talking more about that, you're going to lose people. Right. You know, there's people who, even old souls who are just, you know, they're under the influence of, well, oh, those level the, ones. Oh, the message from the media or whatever it might <laughs> yeah. be, you know. All those and, level twos. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's like like some people are not going to be. Yeah. <laughs> some people are not going to be ready for, yeah. for it. And it's the, the kind of message is really to follow your heart on these things. You're highly intuitive, as we talked about. You know, you're, you're, you're psychic and you're, you have the empathy thing as well, which is a terrific combination as well. It really helps to connect you with the other side and give you, because of this truth thing being so important, that you have a, an inbuilt BS detector. Yeah, you know, I do. You know, you 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 must see through people very very quickly. You yeah, know, I really do. To, yeah, yeah. I don't always listen to it, pay attention to it, but I do see it. Oh, and you know, yeah. that the truth of it. I mean, like uh, mm -hmm. actually listening to um, you know p paying attention, actually doing what you're being guided to do. That's, yes, so there's two different things. Yes, but I do get it. I do. Yeah. I, yeah, I do get the message very clearly. Like somebody's a jerk, or you should stay away from that person, or yeah. be careful, yeah. or yeah, and I'll it takes, it. It, you know, it, it takes, it takes a bit of faith and experience. You know, you have to, you know, do this over and over to really learn. Gosh, you know. So how did you, uh, when you brought the spirit guides in to question them about me, how did, how did that process actually work? Okay. Well, in this case, I was just sitting down in my. Because I take it they don't watch the Oprah show either, the spirit guides. Well, they would know, they know everything <laughs> about you. <laughs> um, so yeah. I kind of picture them sitting around and, you know, enjoying that in an afternoon. But. They know everything about. Do spirit guides know everybody? Does, yeah. Is there some yeah. kind of vibrational thing where yeah. all? Yeah. I can get information on on anybody. Not that I can go invading somebody's privacy. It's it, the Google of the spirit world. You know, it's, it it could be. Except you know, I had to get your permission to be able to do to mm -hmm. go into this kind of depth. When you went to um, ask to consult with the spirit guides, did you say, "Oh, spirit guides, please come to be with me." Well, I, I Oprah don't, Winfrey, could I, you tell me about her? What, how did that work? Well, I don't use the funny voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't feel a need for that. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so, but, but I do. I, I, what I do is I ask for protection. I call them in. I protection make sure from? If any negative entities. Okay. Is there good ones and bad ones? Well, you know, I, I used the example in the book. I said that, you know, your drunk Uncle Harry is, is on the other side. Just to say that there are people who are on the other side who who are jerks, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, not particularly enlightened. You know, not not everyone who's in spirit is spiritual, and sometimes mm -hmm. if you well, you hear of people using a Ouija board, mm -hmm. and then they get negative stuff coming through, right. and they get all frightened, and they're told right. they're going to die, and it's somebody like drunk Uncle Harry having fun on the other side. He's just, you know, it's like you wouldn't pick up a phone 
and dial numbers at random and hope to get really good advice. You know, right. you, you're opening up when you do this stuff. Oh, you can call so, in anything, so be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I make sure that I'm protected and really covered when I do that. And then I, then I make sure, triple check that I'm talking to my spirit How guides. do you know they have your best interest? Um, because the, the information that I get has just time and time and time again, I found that it's, it's, I've been able to validate it. I found that it's right and I found that it's in my highest interest. And also the messages that they pass on to, to people, they're, they're loving, they're useful. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, there's a real practical side to all this. You know, people think of spirituality or kind of like, you know, airy fairy. And this stuff is really about helping people to, you know, take the next step or figure out what they need to do in a relationship, that kind of thing, or get information that will help them. In fact, what my guides do is to help people make better choices rather better than choices. To tell them what to do. Got it. It's like rather than, rather than give somebody a fish, they'll teach them to fish. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to give people tools. Because you talk to your guides because if you would talk to your guides, they would know exactly what I need right now. Mm -hmm. I am in need of specific help okay. on this plane. So they would know what that is. Oh, well, I, I didn't go into any details, but I'll find out. Oh, yeah. You know? oh, yeah. yeah, sure. Okay. I know and they know. Mm -hmm. So could they could they move that along for me? Could they put that person you, on? No, you can you can do that yourself. I you can? can? Yeah, really. You can work on communicating with your guides. Anything you've got like that, put it out in a request. I will. Ideally in a, in a meditation. You know, okay. I know you're busy and you have restlessness, which makes meditation very, very hard. Yes, it does. Yes. Sitting for 10 minutes. Yes, I try, doing but it is craziness. That's when I make my to do list during meditation because <laughs> I start out meditating. Oh. I start out meditating and I'm good and I'm really, I'm sitting there and it's really good and I'm really good. And then I last for about six breaths and then I'm like, make sure you, and then I stop and I'll oh, write that God. down. Well, and then yeah. I stop and I'll write that down. And then I say, okay, now we've got all that out of the way. Let's go back. Let's meditate. Then it's, I get some really inspired thoughts during oh, yeah. my supposed meditation. Yeah, not just about shopping and No, stuff. not yeah, about right. shopping, but just like things that need clarity. I get a lot of clarity. That's it. Yeah, I get a That's lot of clarity. That's you have to still the mind to, to get yeah. that clarity. It's like a you know, shift in brainwaves or something, and your spirit guides can come in there, work with you, and give you that clarity. Okay. You figure out what you need and tell them. Put it out there. Okay. Or if you don't know what they need, they'll give you the clarity. Oh, I know what I need. Know what I mean. Okay, keep putting it out there twice a day. Twice a day. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Would it help to write it down? Yeah. Okay. Especially you have you have the thinker influence, so you want to make notes, you want to that you write these things down, verbalize them, say it out loud, you know, say I really want to surround myself with the right people or whatever it is, all these Yeah. Whatever it is, make sure you and they know and keep it on the front burner by saying it a couple but of times. Don't they already a day. know? Well, they're only there to, as the, like I said before, like the emergency rescue team. It's like only when you really put out the request. Okay, and they well, I'm going to do it. Help. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Help me. Um, you didn't hear the bit about specific questions. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. All right. Thank you, Ainsley. Thank you, Oprah. Okay. Living Thank the you life so your soul intended. The instruction, Ainsley McLeod. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul conversation. Thank you for listening. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority. 
especially against nasty parasites. That's why you gotta check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one and done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one and done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.